Thank you for joining us for this edition of Talking Talent with People Scout. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our new audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today, we're talking about HR technology in the healthcare industry. Joining us from New York is Mark Miller, the president of Mark S. Miller Associates HR Technology Solutions. Mark has 35 years of experience in the HR industry, and he's a thought leader, speaker, and presenter at HR and HCM technology conferences. He's also the author of Heroic HR and the recently released book, The Death of HR, Who Killed Harriet Rose, HR, Job. Mark joins us after he recently spoke at Michigan HR Day, where he shared many of the ideas we'll be discussing today with a crowd of 1,500 HR professionals. Thank you for joining us today, Mark, and lending us your expertise. Thank you very much, Nicole. It's a pleasure to uh, to be on the line with uh, my colleagues uh, in HR and uh, healthcare and technology. Uh, it's it's always fun to share. Uh, my view about the importance of uh, HR and HR technology in all industries and healthcare particularly uh, this morning. So uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for that introduction. Joining me for this interview is Brett Briner, a healthcare industry leader here at People Scout. Brett, I'll let you kick things off here with the questions today. Thank you, Nicole. Hi, Mark. It's Brett, and it's great to speak with you again. You had made some very important points during your presentation at the Health Care Talent Acquisition and Management Summit regarding the unique pressure talent acquisition faces as a result of patient experiences being published. Knowing that those experiences impact HCAP scores and revenue, what are some of the changes that need to take place in healthcare to ensure that organizations recruit the right healthcare professionals? Now that there's publicity and public access to the patient experience through the HCAP surveys, uh, where, where patients can basically, uh, p- potential patients, let me say, can look around and see where they want to go for various treatments, uh, as opposed to just g- uh, going to the, their local hospital. Um, they can seek out uh, input, just like anybody going on uh, Airbnb or uh, using uh, Yelp and Open Table for reviews. Hospitals are now under that same pressure to, um, in effect, attract and retain. Uh, the people that come to them for services. On the employee side, it's also important to get uh, the right people working in that facility who are empathetic, that know how to treat patients, that uh, come across as being uh, uh, the top of the line caregiver um, that hospitals need and facilities need to to deliver the appropriate level of, uh, of patient care. And you... I think the people in the facilities have to realize that whatever they do now is being looked at by the the public, i.e. the patients, and also internally the uh, senior executives of any healthcare facility are very much concerned about their score um, in HCAPS, as it's called, and will do whatever it takes to improve uh, their score because it means... Um, revenue and it means uh, reputation and it means uh, community uh, uh, reputation and uh, visibility. So it's a very critical thing to, for, for companies in healthcare, one, to attract and retain the best workers that um, know how to deal with the, the patient population that also represent the healthcare in the best possible light. 
the, the idea of getting these people is really under the whole realm of talent management, uh, engagement, onboarding, um, and providing people uh, a feeling of uh, reward and recognition within the organization. And there's great technology out there uh, that provides software algorithms, workflows, best practices, uh, and all of that to to help an organization um, uh, monitor and keep track of all their workers, identify their key workers, and make sure that they're in a career progression mode that needs to be there. And we hear a lot about the nursing shortage in this country. It's been going on for a number of years. So how bad are some of these shortages in the healthcare industry, and what are some of the causes behind them? Obviously, baby boomers are... Are, are are out there, and uh, you know the, the the incidence of illness and the need for uh, uh, critical care and long term care and all of that is is never going to well I can't say never but is is not going to recede. It's going to continue to increase as the population in the United States um, increases itself. So there's more and more pressure on delivering care, and uh, but at the same time there's pressure to uh, when you go into a uh, a medical group or a hospital. Uh, doctors have only uh, limited time. Um, uh, nurse practitioners and patient uh, practical nurses um, also have limited time. And I think burnout is a, is a big issue. I don't see it going away. And I think um, the surveys done by the American Association of uh, uh, Healthcare HR Administrators show that one of the key concerns is retention and and everybody wants um, the number one um, survey result of what people uh, want from an organization to retain top talent is opportunities to advance. Second was communication from the top. And not surprisingly to me, and maybe to most, is compensation was third most. So the opportunities to advance, the career progression, the career ladders, the ability for, for nurses at entry level to move uh, forward and across the organization and, and learn more and, and what interests them was one of the key things to retain good workers and good healthcare professionals. So you have that need to fill, and if that's not filled, then burnout will overcome that need and you'll get a, sh- a shortage of, of the appropriate caregivers. Um, so th- these types of surveys are very important in terms of letting an organization's management know, well, how do we keep our, uh, our good people? One, how do I identify who our good people are? Uh, what traits must they have? Do, how do we uh, uh, know that we're hiring somebody that will end up being an amazing worker in the next few years? Uh, and how do we keep them? And one of the answers is software that identifies the traits of uh, skills and competencies, compares it to proven workers, and also identifies people as potential for uh, leaving before they even know they leave. And what's interesting in the HR technology community, there is great software that uses uh, industrial, psychological, organizational behavior type of algorithms and metrics that might identify a potential high performer that is under-rewarded and then identified by the software that says this person is a flight risk. And if the company does nothing to further engage them, they may very well get up and leave and go to the, um, the care provider across town. 
but what's really cool is the software is out there that does these types of things. Some call it the nine box model, looking at performance versus potential, but it's all aspects of that that's uh, sometimes out of the box from software vendors that provide talent management and succession planning. Mark, you read my mind. That was going to be one of my next questions. So as we tie together this concept of people, processes, and technology, you spoke a little bit about human capital management systems, HRIS, and KnowledgeWare, and really concepts around providing actionable insights and predictive analytics. So beyond some of the ideas you've just mentioned, what are some of the other technology solutions impacting HR? Uh, Good question. I would think that any integrated system with HR payroll and benefits and and reward structures and um, succession planning software that is out there from some of the top tier vendors that have been around a long time is certainly a good starting point. I'm talking about the need for a system of record in the cloud delivered over the over the web that is. Uh, distributed on tablets and on smartphones to all managers and all employees, enable them to do what they can do uh, under rules of uh, security and responsibility. You have to give managers the ability to see their teams, to identify scheduling issues, uh, and to set up schedules um, sitting anywhere. They could be sitting on a beach or they could be sitting in their office on a desktop, tablet, or smartphone. The What's interesting to me more recently is there's a new class of software called career management software uh, that I do highlight in uh, my recent book in terms of what's out there in terms of helping employees uh, navigate the organization that they're in in terms of finding a mentor, uh, looking at uh, lateral transfers into uh, disciplines that are of interest to them and not just thinking that a career ladder has to be vertical. And I think more and more companies are, are doing that uh, as a way of engaging the workforce and retaining good workers uh, who see that this company supports them in moving across the organization in other entities and other subject disciplines, uh, as opposed to forcing a nurse to continue as a nurse in a particular discipline and only allowing a vertical promotion uh, leading towards more responsibilities and, and in fact, uh, more pressure and possibly an increased chance of, of burnout. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in my travels and talks is that people who are sole contributors, whether it's in a hospital or a company, a non in healthcare, they don't learn necessarily or they're not trained necessarily in how to be a manager. So you have a a nurse who's doing great things, doing very empathetic and caring uh, uh, activities, caring for patients, but then that nurse gets promoted to be a unit manager or a team leader and has no clue how to train or how to administer and how to monitor and how to lead um, people that report to him or her. And I think that's a big, big fault of corporate America in healthcare and other industries that people don't get trained on how to be a leader, how to be a manager. And I think that's something that the, the healthcare industry has to focus on because they may promote a good nurse, but that good nurse may be a terrible manager. And I think uh, that's an, a gap that has to be filled. And to identify those people, uh, HR technology does have software that helps. 
Thank you for that detailed answer, Mark. And as it relates to recruitment technology itself within the healthcare industry, who owns that purchasing decision? Is it HR, IT, procurement, some combination of the three? My, my immediate gut answer is HR owns all of this. HR knows how to message to the community and to the workforce. The idea of building a software for uh, engagement, onboarding, recruiting, and then record keeping, I believe, uh, should come and should be sponsored by senior executives in the function of HR. Every healthcare organization should have a CHRO, and that CHRO should work hand-in-hand with IT and security, uh, uh, of course. And who knows who makes the budget to, to pay for the cost of implementing a new HR technology of any shape or form. But I think the driver and the executive sponsorship should come out of the HR function itself, uh, because this is something that is critical to attract and retain uh, workers at every level in the organization. Uh, IT doesn't really get involved except now because it's over the cloud, making sure that the data is secure. Uh, IT does get involved a little bit about cybersecurity and hacking. But that also is partly a message that HR has to own in terms of identifying employees who might end up being insider threats or who might have a disposition towards uh, hacking that are human, human qualities that have to be looked at and, and identified. HR has to uh, do the training uh, of the entire workforce on what are safe cybersecurity practices, even in that area. So I think... To answer your question, it's definitely um, HR has to take the lead. Wherever they could get the money, they should grab it. Mark, you triggered something with me when you used the term messaging a couple of times in answering the previous question. When I think messaging, I immediately think marketing, and then I think social media. So if I can follow up on this, how much does marketing play into the strategic and tactical planning as well as the implementation of social media and all of this? I think it's very big play. It's a very big play. And I've seen ads for um, here in New York area, small medical practices are being merged with larger conglomerates to create, for example, West Med in Westchester County and uh, the hospitals like White Plains Hospital here where I live uh, has gobbled up uh, mid-sized medical practices that were standalone. So when, with all that happening, there's a need for attracting people. One of the most effective things is uh, using social media, using advertising, using uh, uh, um, websites to, uh, and college recruiting, by the way, to get the word out that uh, working for a hospital or a medical practice or a medical group is, uh, is a very nice, life-affirming place to be. And, and with this new generations in the workplace, as we know, um, you have your generation X, Y, Z, and even later than that, there's a newer generation. I'm not quite sure what their name is, uh, but it's the kids now who are uh, uh, still living at home and still just about entering college that some people are going after and talking about careers in healthcare. Social media is critical. Um, Nobody uh, answers a want ad anymore on the New York Times. Nobody answers uh, anything in terms of newspaper reading 
but they do see advertisements on TV and streaming devices, etc. So um, I think that's, that's a given today. Mark, you mentioned something very interesting that was an important takeaway for me at the conference, which was this concept of avoiding a culture of optionality. When you stated no accountability without findings to the contrary, and as we start to look at healthcare organizations and they roll out technology solutions, what do you feel they need to keep in mind to ensure success? Uh, again, it's, uh, it, the question is, what is the goal of the technology solution? Um, is it to increase uh, efficiencies and effectiveness, which you could do both, but sometimes one is different than the other. You could be 100% uh, efficient, but way less effective. Uh, so the, the balance between doing, doing the right thing and doing uh, something right is, is interesting to look at, or uh, picking a software product quickly versus picking the right product in general. Uh, is a difference between effective and efficient. Um, I, I think there needs to be executive sponsorship. There needs to be a, a, a group of people that understand the point of pain in any entity, the workflow, and also give the vendors that are out there in the recruiting space, the onboarding space, the system of record HCM space, their due. These vendors have built very effective, strong, functionally integrated uh, systems of record that have uh, uh, the ability to track time and attendance, to handle all the different shifts in healthcare, uh, to properly pay and tax people, to properly determine people's uh, benefits contributions, uh, and to allow managers to do model and forecasting. For any healthcare entity to think that they have to take a software product and customize it strongly is a big mistake. I think these, the better vendors, the ones that have a good reputation in healthcare, know what needs to be done. And any company that chooses to implement a new uh, system of record uh, over the web, software as a service, as it's called, should not try to bend that system to their crazy workflows, but take the best that the vendor provides and change the workflows that are not working in an organization. And that takes time and it takes money, but it also takes a team of people representing all functions to work together and identify uh, the points of pain and the requirements going forward. And then documenting that and having the vendors of, uh, uh, that they're evaluating uh, come in and demonstrate their solutions and see how there's a fit and then decide which vendors to move forward with. Money is not, by the way, the decision maker in many of these software products that I've seen. It's the team that feels the most uh, aligned with a software provider that's going to get the business. So as a result of what you're outlining, can you share with us any returns, the kind of results that you're hearing from healthcare organizations? They may be experiencing more frustration than they expected, uh, it depends on their workforce in terms of the ability, the willingness of uh, people who've been in the entity uh, for years and years and years uh, to change. So you might have a, a head nurse or the head department of some healthcare uh, competency resist uh, doing something that the software now asks you to do. 
in terms of um, being a leader, being a manager, etc. And uh, you know, if you have a lot of resistance and poor communication uh, and poor training. Uh, these software products will not be implemented in a timely fashion and there'll be cost overruns. Um, listen, over the years, it seems to me that um, as an independent consultant and talking to other consultants, people say, oh, between um, uh, industries, healthcare is really a slow adapter. Uh, hospitals and healthcare facilities are not leading edge uh, um, adapters to change. Similarly, so are financial institutions. So they're sometimes lumped together in, in my discussions with other independent uh, consultants saying, yeah, if you're involved with a healthcare, it's difficult to get things through because they're so entrenched in the way they've been doing things for decades, decades, and decades. So I think senior management has got to be uh, aware that uh, it takes some patience and there's got to be incentives and payback for people to make changes in the way they do things on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, who killed Harriet Rose's job? That's one of the reasons that Harriet Rose was, was targeted in my, in my book because she was not willing to be flexible and adapt to change. So um, I, I think the, the, uh, the lesson here is a well-thought-out implementation, a well-thought-out uh, communications plan, and also a clear business case uh, showing what the benefits of change are. That's great, Mark. You provided a lot of wonderful insights for our first Talking Talent podcast, How Can Technology Help Solve Staffing Shortages in Healthcare? You mentioned your book. So in conclusion, I wanted to see if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to talk about the book you just published telling our listeners about it, and more importantly, where they can purchase it. Thank you very much, Brett. Uh, yes, I'm very pl- proud of this book. It's a fun read. It's, uh, it's a film noir approach called The Death of HR Who Killed Harriet Rose's Job or HR Job. And the subtitle is called Using Technology to Gain Clout, C-L-O-U-T, not cloud, uh, Avoid Career Decline and Empower Your HR Organization. And the book begins with uh, uh, the uh, person named Harriet Rose Job as she's walking to work and thinking out loud about her background and what comes up in her thoughts is the fact that she's really set in her ways, not, not able to change, not well-liked, not adapting new technology, questions the new millennial kids that she's working with, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it begins by talking about the fact that uh, she was then found in her office that night with a mouse cord wrapped around her neck. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of fun suspects that have reasons to target this woman called HR Job, Harriet Rose Job, mostly because she was inflexible, uh, uh, indecisive, incompetent in many cases, um, insensitive. She had what I called the fatal eyes. Um, and there were many suspects to why she was considered an obstacle for the entity that she worked for, in any entity, uh, by people like uh, senior management and uh, uh, people that I've named in the book, like Mel Lennial and Benny Fitz and Payroll and uh, Ms. Shareholder and um, Arturo Intelligente, Artificial Intelligence which is a whole section in this book dealing with, well, is 
is artificial intelligence a suspect in the HR? And um, the conclusion is no, it's a collaborator to help HR even do better because it's not going to go away. And there's many things that artificial intelligence will help HR do where HR could eventually become way more strategic than it ever has been. And as I said earlier, the technology is out there to do modeling and forecasting and regression analysis. And part of the book also talks about individuals having clout, getting power, getting influence, and how, as an individual, you should understand your desire for power and influence personally and professionally, and how to use that power and influence to run teams and manage projects and to get uh, change in your organization. So it's a fun, nice read. Uh, it's available on my website, which is MarkSMillerAssociates.com. That's M-A-R-C, uh, middle initial S, Miller Associates, no periods, dot com. Um, and um, there'll be more about it on my website. It just came out in print, and um, it's available uh, on my website. Because I think HR in general is a hot place to be, especially in this day and age, with so much on HR's plate. Uh, anything from... Uh, uh, the Me Too uh, movement, to workplace violence, to uh, new regulations on privacy, etc. Uh, I can't think of a function within any major corporation that has so many different areas that they're controlling, uh, especially from the CHRO point of view on down. The pleasure is all ours, Mark. I wanted to thank you again for making time in your busy schedule to join us today. We're very happy to have had this opportunity to speak with you again. It's, a, it's always been a pleasure. I love what you do. Thank you, Nicole, for organizing this. And Brett, thank you for uh, helping me uh, express my thoughts. And uh, I wish everybody a great couple of weeks and days and months ahead. Well, thank you for joining us today, Mark. And thank you for listening to this edition of Talking Talent with People Scout. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at peoplescout.com, or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to Talking Talent on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. Talking Talent is a People Scout production, music by sound design through Shutterstock. <laughs>